In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. If you can believe it, we're approaching our penultimate episode of Sunday Setup. Next week's episode will mark three years of Sunday Setup, and after that, we'll only rarely be making new episodes. But don't worry, that's because our plan is to remaster our older episodes and republish them so that you can enjoy them again and again. Speaking of again and again, it's only fitting that this penultimate episode features a friend we've heard from time and again on our program, Isaiah. Our first reading from Isaiah is very straightforward, with the exception of the last two verses. Those read like this. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. As scripture scholar J.A. Alexander summarizes so well, the key to understanding what Isaiah is getting at here is the verse that immediately precedes these final two. There, Isaiah says this, Let the scoundrel forsake his way, and the wicked his thoughts. Because God's ways aren't the ways of the scoundrel, nor are God's thoughts the thoughts of the wicked. With our second reading, we've finally finished hearing from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Now we begin to hear from his letter to the Philippians, and this weekend we meet a St. Paul who is very torn. He longs to be with Christ in heaven, but he also recognizes his responsibility to continue to witness to the community. His choice is not one between good and bad, but rather between what is better and what is necessary. I'm caught between the two, he says. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. To speak of dying as departing was a common euphemism for death in Greek literature, something like how we might say today that someone kicked the bucket. The word itself for departure in Greek, analysis, is a familiar one, and it was the word used for when ships broke off their moorings or when soldiers broke camp. In the midst of his being torn, St. Paul offers one of his most famous lines in all his letters. For to me, life is Christ and death is gain. Unfortunately, when translated from Greek to English, we lose the alliteration that Paul gives here. Listen to it and see if you can catch it. Tosen Christos to apothenen kerdos. The alliteration is between Christos, meaning Christ, and kerdos, meaning gain. Such an alliteration would have made his memorable statement even more memorable, something like how the itsy-bitsy spider has a similar repetition of sounds. The passage concludes by jumping over a few verses to when Paul tells the Philippians to conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. This word for conducting yourself is fascinating and occurs in just one other place in Scripture. It's something much more like be a citizen than conduct yourself, since the very root of the word in Greek is polis, from which we get our English word of politics. Remember that Philippi was a Roman colony, and those who hailed from there were Roman citizens. Yet when Paul tells them to conduct themselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ, he's reminding them that they need to act above all like citizens of heaven and the gospel of Christ. Christ is recounting a parable in our gospel this weekend. It's the story of the workers in the vineyard who all get to work at different times. There are three main ways that this parable usually gets understood, and they all at least have some merit. Firstly, some read this story as how the last shall be first and the first shall be last in the kingdom. 
Secondly, others read this story as how Israel served the Lord for many generations, yet some Gentiles also received salvation right at the buzzer, to use a basketball term, and the Israelites ought not to begrudge God for this generosity. And yet, thirdly, still others read this as a story about how conversion can occur at different stages of life. As we know from hearing the story before, each of the workers receives the same payment at the end of the day, regardless of how long each one worked. Paying people at the end of each day for their work was customary at the time of Jesus. There was no need to clock in and out like you may do at work in our day and age. In fact, the book of Leviticus commanded paying day laborers each day. Take a listen. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. Finally, the last question the landowner asks the worker in the parable is, Are you envious because I am generous? But more specifically, according to the Greek of the text, the landowner asks, Is your eye evil because I am good? The evil eye was a common concept at the time of Jesus. It was believed that when someone looked upon another with envy, lust, or rage, it was because this was an evil eye. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.